1: Hey. That's you. Yeah, might be an early anniversary gift, dog.
0: It is tomorrow, right? It is tomorrow. I got you. Spoiled, I, got you. I, got you. I got you. I got you. Uh-huh. I got you. Let me see. Let me see what she wrote. Go and read it to me. Dear Jimmy, I've been a naughty girl, and I need you to lock me up in the Uso Penitentiary. I'll be waiting. Love, Mandy. To a hotel rooms, what you gonna do?
1: I, can't I don't know. This. As if they don't have too much on their plate. the Kings of Combat Sports podcast, John and Way. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. We want to
0: smack down, we want to smack down, want to smack down, want to smack down, want to smack down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Smackdown. I'm John Pollock, along with Wei Ting. How are you doing tonight, Wei? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. For real this time? Uh, you're, you're not I'm just always, saying it? I'm always fantastic. All right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm exaggerating. A little bit.
1: Okay. It's alright. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm okay doing... to not be fantastic all the time. You know, without that's a lot of pressure, without shitty days, there would be no fantastic days. So today wasn't today wasn't a shitty day. Well, it, uh,
0: anywhere in between. Right. Right. You know, you got to you got to have those six out of 10s to really appreciate the nine out of 10s. Absolutely. And dare I say, strive for a 10. All right. That's our fortune cookie moment of the show. What's happening? What's going on? You tell me. Oh, I don't know. There's there's plenty going on. I feel like every day there's just so much. Do you ever feel that? Sometimes. I guess it depends on how much you pay attention to. I pay attention to a lot and I feel there is a I feel it's a very chaotic time in this industry that we cover. That's my my day-to-day conclusion that I make. There's a lot going on. There's going to be a lot still to come that is happening and it's going to be like this every week. Well, tell me
1: about it. What's what 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 is exactly is some of the activity that's happened today?
0: Well, I guess today's biggest news involved Roosh, who has uh, to a new home in the U.S., signing with Ring of Honor, and he is now no longer going to be part of MLW's uh, WrestleMania Week show, which we had talked about. It was going to be him versus LA Park on April the fourth, and. Ring of Honor put out a video today with Roosh stating that he has signed an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor. He will still be working for CMLL. Of course, CMLL and Ring of Honor have their partnership. But yeah, uh, MLW came out with with a statement about this, and Court Bauer said that Roosh could not fulfill this commitment on April 4th, quote, due to the insistence of a third-party promoter. And they quickly, I guess, had their ducks in a row ahead of time because they quickly announced a replacement that Pentagon Jr. will now face L.A. Park April the 4th uh, at their show. That's their first night at the Melrose Ballroom. They're running two nights. And yeah, this is just the latest um, acquisition by Ring of Honor, who has really stacked their roster in light of the loss of the elite members And I feel this is going to be a familiar story that we're going to be revisiting throughout 2019. Certainly.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's already a bit of a, I mean, it really already is a war and we're not even out of the the first two weeks of the, of the year yet. So, um, you know, really sucks for MLW. I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, this is, this certainly isn't the first and won't be the last of, uh, their talent being, uh, taken from other companies, namely ring of honor. But, uh, I think for a wrestling fan, I'm kind of excited to see how Rouge does in Ring of Honor. Certainly it means it would probably uh he'll probably be working a lot more with New Japan, I would assume, uh with that crossover, so he can reunite with uh, his all LIJ friends over there a bit more often. Um I'm kind of excited to see what ROH has in store outside of, you know, what what they've already done.
0: They've certainly as I've mentioned, they they've added a lot of interesting names and I think that they have over-delivered when it comes to what what your expectations were for Ring of Honor. Um, they certainly haven't just laid down and gone with a mentality of status quo. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's going to be a big question in 2019. We've talked about MLW's position in this very crowded landscape. From their perspective, they believe that you know just competing with the Ring of Honors and the All Elites and going after the, the exact same fan base – that's not going to be very fruitful for them. MLW believes that they can attract um, a bit of a Hispanic audience. They are on an Espanol station, even though, I mean, being Espanol and regular BN are not big networks. Uh, They believe that they can, they can cater their, their programming to a different audience as well as a bit of a differentiation. And they were obviously hopeful of having Roosh, but in the end, he's, he's with ring of honor and, And that's going to be how MLW is going to have to approach this year is what can we offer our talent? We are not going to be most of these performers, you know, first choices. And what's going to happen when, like, I have kept saying it. This year is an arms race amongst the big promotions for talent. And MLW, MLW has a lot of talent. And it's going to be... Very difficult to be in that in that position this year and who you can base your programming around and who you can promote in advance for shows when you're going into different markets and and having these guys uh, that that you can rely upon because it's not just an arms race. It's going to be an arms race for talent that you want to lock down to exclusive deals. So the idea that they can go out and work in MLW on a Thursday night, uh, those options may not be there.
1: Yeah, certainly, and it's interesting. I think to see who they'll call upon to kind of fill these roles. I I, I recall like when you know Court decided to to restart MLW. It was because they sent such a like a incredible wealth of incredible talent on the indie scene. Well, I mean, sure, more you know, more and more those great portions of talent are being gobbled up by these larger companies. So what remains? I'm sure there's still a lot of great talent out there that's not. Uh, being looked at by any you know either AEW or Ring of Honor or NXT or, or WWE um, but it'd probably be that much tougher to find them so what what can you tell me about um people contracted to Lucha Underground
0: well with Lucha Underground I mean today we had um Ivelisse Velez come out with a statement that essentially she is being held to this contract and had been told along with the other talent that after uh, season four, if you want out, we will let you out. And Joey Ryan kind of backed this statement up as well. And I know Ryan Satin spoke with uh, Aaron Van Wagenen of uh, of Luch Underground who had stated that it's those contracts are essentially they are, that comes down to Dorian Rodan and Jeff Vogelman the, and kind of just p- putting it there that those are where the contracts stand. And it seems that there's an impasse between Uh, El Rey and Lucha Underground about a budget for another season and a fifth season is very much in doubt. I don't think they want to necessarily just send all of these people out into the free agent market, but at the same time, it's very frustrating if you're a performer, you're being held to a contract with no guarantee of another season and seeing all of this action that's happening and you're handcuffed on the sidelines. So it's got to be very frustrating at the moment for uh, these talents who are under these contracts and were of the impression that once this fourth season ended, uh, they would be free to go. And in Shane Strickland's case, he stated on Tuesday, I am now officially a free agent. And he, of course, had been kill shot on Lucha Underground. So there's so many moving parts. And you would think that uh, talent at Lucha Underground is certainly uh, on everyone's radar. And it's just a matter of when are you contractually free to talk to us? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of interest for the performers that are there.
1: And who are some of those uh, bigger names that are tied up right now?
0: Well, I mean, the they've been able to work out a deal. Like obviously, the big names attached to Lucha Underground still are Pentagon Junior and Phoenix, who have an affiliation with AAA and AAA and Impact are working together. And Pentagon and Ju- uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, they've kind of been able to to book themselves elsewhere. They're also uh, working MLW dates, um, but I, I would say of of the main talent at lucha underground oh joey ryan th- has
1: has a uh, uh quote tweeted the uh the evil East tweet and um
0: yeah what what is the what does he state there he also said like he you. he
1: just echoes her her sentiments and i believe he is also one of the 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 contracted members that seems tied up right now
0: yeah so yeah it's a it's a frustrating spot for some of the people that just want to be able to uh be able to go out and work there like Brian Cage was there, Willie Mack and it seems that Impact has had the the pipeline to Lucha Underground talent. They've done, they've done a lot of uh work together with Impact and Lucha Underground. So, I mean, Johnny Mundo was there, of course, Taya Valkyrie. So, a lot of the names that you are familiar with on Lucha Underground, Sammy Callahan, like all of these names um that have been popping up on Impact. Mhm. Um anything else on the uh on that story. Again for the Like, I don't know what the what the offers are out there that um, Ring of Honor has made or conversely, MLW. Like, I don't know what these offers entail, but certainly it seems that Ring of Honor is being very aggressive when it comes for talent. And I, I think you can see that the fact that, you know, when there are bidding wars for Bandito, that Ring of Honor is walking away with them. I think that's a pretty big statement.
1: Yeah, yeah and and kind of what does it mean for like you know the the promotions that are sort of at the tier of a of an mlw we're only kind of hearing you know the the results of like how it affects them but you know like your your pwgs are, are people going to be able to work
0: those shows i think that the big uh, difference maker is television how mm. big or small i think that doesn't matter pwg i think is still enough that it's Yes, they have DVD sales, they have digital sales, but MLW is on television, and you're you're going to similar buildings, you're and you're going after the same talent. So I, I think that is a um, a, di- a difference maker when it comes to their perception. And with PWG, I mean what they have is, I mean that is going to be a hotbed for the next rung of talent that just want to get that exposure, and getting booked on PWG can be a career-making booking for some of the talent. And once this wave of talent is all scooped up, people are going to be looking at who are are the next undiscovered performers that are out there that we've never heard of. That's going to be the challenge. I just feel that you're not going to necessarily get the maturation process that a talent that comes in and steals the show, uh, you're going to see them for three years honing their craft, working all over the place. I think that window is going to be much, much smaller. And... You know, someone like a Marco Stunt, for instance, had he not got injured, uh, you know, that's the kind of performer that I think it's just everyone wants to get any talent with any kind of buzz attached to them. So it's great for performers at the moment, and it's going to be uh, tough for the promotions that are not going to be able to offer that exclusive money and and be able to, like, that's going to be the battle for talent. And I think the big promotions, they all want to lock these guys down to exclusive deals and it feels like there's there's good money being thrown around if if you're in the position to be able to sit down and accept an offer like that mm-hmm. so wild times that we will uh continue to uh follow here as we uh uh continue uh what else do we have uh the raw number from monday uh i know some people hate all this ratings information but just to put it into perspective who they were hates up- this stuff why? I don't know. I always find it... Um, I think it's, it's, I'm, it's... I'm always interested in, in numbers. Well, but it affects anyway. everything. Yeah, I'm really just making that up. I know oh. everybody loves this stuff. Uh, they were up 17% this week. Of course, this week was their week without uh, any football competition. So naturally, the number was going to go up. And they were up 17%. That's a really strong number. And the audience stayed fairly consistent. The first two hours, very good. And then just a slight dip in the third hour, which I, I thought it was an overall positive viewing pattern if you do want to compare it to last year uh, the same week when football was gone uh, they are down 15 percent year over year from that figure that they did last year so if you want to look at that trend uh, that one is downward but in the short term which is how typically television viewership is is analyzed and viewed uh, week over week it's up so it would have been bad if it was stagnant with last week
1: well let's hope that you know with the build towards the rumble that the worst is behind them in that uh, going forward. I thought I certainly thought the quality of the show was better last week than many previous weeks. So let's hope that trend continues.
0: Oh, way. Uh, we're going to put way on the spot at the moment because uh, late Monday night, you sent me a screen grab. Oh, yeah. Of, of where the Alexa Bliss uh, topless video was view count wise. And you were amazed Monday night. This was like two hours after the video had been posted, that it was at 66,000 views. Here we are, Tuesday night, 10.30 Eastern Time. What do you think the view count is for this Alexa Bliss is rudely interrupted in her dressing room clip on YouTube? Has it cracked a million? What is your guess? Okay, I'm going to guess 2 million. 2.4 million views for this clip, this 46-second clip. It's actually not the most viewed from the night before. They actually had two big ones because Braun tipping the limo is at two and a half million.
1: What does that say about the wrestling audience?
0: The, and those are big numbers for, for, for a typical uh, Raw or a SmackDown. And those Braun stunts always do very well. And it was not surprising to me that this Alexa Bliss segment was going to do very well. I actually went back because I brought up the Eva Marie wardrobe malfunction they actually made two videos out of it. The first one, and granted this was two years ago, so it's had a lot of time to build up views. The first one has 51 million views on YouTube. The other has 37 million. Okay. They're among the most viewed videos in WWE's history on YouTube.
1: Well, congratulations.
0: So that is uh, that is the update.
1: So maybe we'll see more of it every
0: single week. Well, what did you... Maybe we'll save this for the uh, the show recap because certainly there was a um certainly a corollary on on SmackDown uh final thing I just wanted to bring up Ring of Honor did have a further update on Chris Sabin and Flip Gordon for Flip Gordon uh, both still have to have their MRIs so uh, I wouldn't say this is set in stone but this is what the promotion believes the injuries to be uh Flip Gordon it's thought of that he has a uh, MCL sprain and is going to be out a minimum of four weeks, so that would take him out of the Texas shows coming up, and he's already been taken off of this Friday's uh, PWG show where he was supposed to have a match with Bandito. He's been repl- replaced by ACH. The really sad one is Chris Sabin, who it's thought of uh, has a torn ACL in his right knee, and for those that have followed Chris Sabin's career, uh, he tore his ACL and MCL in his right knee back in 2011, missed a year, came back and within two months tore the ACL in his other knee missing another 11 months so that was just a terrible two years for him and yeah just really unfortunate torn ACL that's a major injury to come back from and yeah obviously we we hope that it's as speedy a recovery as possible and Saban simply tweeted that he will be back but that's a really unfortunate setback a for both guys, but in particular Saban. That seems it's going to be a much uh, longer road to recovery.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, age-wise, he's, he's only 36, which actually surprises me because I've heard his name for such a long time now. Um. So certainly perhaps a lot of mileage on that, on that body. But yeah, let's hope for a speedy recovery for him.
0: And you can catch all of the news up at postwrestling.com. Later this week on the site, we're going to have on Thursday... Our cafe hangout with Way and I will be live at 3 p.m. Eastern time and hopefully taking some calls. We got a number last week, so hopefully we'll hear from people. No shortage of topics to discuss. Uh, that will also be up for free on Friday if you want to download it as a podcast. Up next, we'll be also uh, dropping on Thursday with Braden and Davey. And then on Friday, it's the return of Rewind Away. This week, Way and I are reviewing the NXT TakeOver special from WrestleMania weekend 2016, Featuring Shinsuke Nakamura's debut against Sami Zayn, as well as Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Bayley defending the NXT women's title against Asuka.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Excited for that one. I should probably start that. Very soon. I,
0: I have actually watched most of it. It is two cool. hours and 15 minutes, a very easy watch. Have you watched The Scorpion King lately? No, I have not. But where could I have a great review of that movie? Because I don't want to sit through it. I just want to hear someone talk about it. That would be this Friday on the debut
1: episode of the Rocky via Picture Show with Nate Milton. That's right. In case you've missed out, Nate Milton is back on the airwaves here at Post Wrestling. And he's got a brand new show revealing every single one of Dwayne Johnson's major Hollywood features. So starts off this Friday with The Scorpion King. And then should uh, re-debut intermittently. We will let you know exactly when. Or he will let you know exactly when. But this week, uh, he's talking about that 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 movie. Did you even... Have you seen it at all? Have you seen The Scorpion King?
0: You know what? I, I, f- I think I saw it. This came out in 2002. I, I must have seen it. I have no recollection of it, though. Yeah, I have not <laughs> seen it. I actually have the soundtrack to The Scorpion King. I don't even know how I got the soundtrack, but I know I have it on CD somewhere. What was what, like what were the the The, the, the only hits? song I remember is I Stand Alone by Godsmack. Of
1: course. Of course, how fitting. Well, joining uh, uh Brian Mann of course is his uh keep it 2000 partner. Uh Nate uh, Brian Mann. <laughs> What did I say? Joining Nate Nate Milton. (laughs) Nate Mann and Brian Milton. Joining Nate Milton is his uh, Keep It 2000 partner, Brian Mann. So they will orbit around the year 2002 this time and uh, talk about that movie.
0: The goal has to be that he gets Dwayne Johnson on this show, correct?
1: Oh, my God. That's a very lofty goal. Yeah, I mean, um, put the word out there, John.
0: Uh, I think we should. I interviewed Dwayne Johnson once. For the Tooth Fairy, which I think they will review at some point. You know what? I want to do the Tooth Fairy with with Nate Milton. Sure. Because I've got – for that movie, maybe I should share – I should save some of this for – I'm booking myself on the Tooth Fairy. But – and this sounded so ridiculous at the time. But at the Fight Network, they told me, we're sending you down for a press junket for the Tooth Fairy. I said, okay, what does that mean? means you're going to get on an airplane, you're going to fly to LA, you get to watch the movie, and then the next morning, you get to interview Dwayne Johnson, and you'll have about three minutes with him. (laughs) It's like, this is the stupidest trip of all time, but I'll do it for sure. They send me, I am on, wait, I'm on the goddamn beach in LA, in this hotel, and I'm all by myself, I have nobody I'm with, and it's like this beautiful place. I cannot imagine what this hotel cost a night. I get there. I watch the movie. And then they tell me that, you know what, Um, the interview has been pushed. So it's going to be really tough for you to make your flight. So you'll do the interview and then you'll stay another night at this like incredible hotel. I was like, you guys just do whatever you need to do. And I watched the movie the next day I went, we're all in this room. It's all these entertainment reporters and me and everyone's got their three minutes. I stretched mine to five. And my big question was, who is a tougher critic, Dwayne, Roger Ebert or Dave Meltzer? And he howled. He thought it was a very <laughs> clever question. Uh, so all I was thinking about was, <laughs> what, what is a question I can ask Dwayne Johnson that will make uh, sense to our audience? Well, that was it. That was my, my interview with Dwayne Johnson.
1: Look at that. Still paying dividends in twenty nineteen. I don't know if this interview even exists. I don't even know if it's on YouTube. I tried to look for it. Um if it does, we'll we'll try to dig it up in, in time for your appearance.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Nate Milton. I think that movie came out I don't even know what year, maybe two thousand ten. So we got a long time until
1: that was during the, the bit of a a bit of a lull in his career, I would say.
0: That was this before was, the, before the Furious. that Fast was before the, the comeback. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm.
1: What about this uh, um, fighting with my family? Are you gonna watch that?
0: It's it's out really soon. I I thought it was coming out later, isn't it out? Is it in some festival in February, or I, is that it out in theaters in February?
1: I don't know. I don't know. There's a part of me that's curious about it, but these
0: these previews. I, have... I'll definitely watch it. Oh man, um, these previews have looked pretty bad. I really hate that um, scene with the Rock cutting the promo on the two. I'll tell you why I hate it's... it specifically. It's because I know, like,
1: the timeline doesn't really work out that way with the rock looking like that. I don't know, like, what when was when was that supposed to take place? That scene.
0: Well, I guess when Paige before she was signed, so this would have been around two thousand and eleven, twelve. So that
1: would have been backstage at WrestleMania. uh 29? WrestleMania.
0: No, earlier than that, maybe. Maybe 28. Well, I guess The Rock would have been there. Yeah. He would have been there. 27, 28. If your logic is all coming together, are you going to have a higher opinion of this? Not so much. But if it's a good movie, I will check it out. It comes out in theaters February the 14th. Valentine's Day.
1: Oh, great. Awesome.
0: Is that exciting? I went on Valentine's Day to see the the Rambo uh, sequel back in 2008. It was one of the most violent movies I've ever seen in my life. And I went on, I went on Valentine's. Maybe Day. you and I should do a trailer reaction video. Oh, did you watch the Spider-Man trailer? I did. I did I did see it. Okay, can I tell you my funny story? Sure. So, I don't know anything that's going on with this movie, much less that this trailer was dropping today, but I saw everyone just going nuts about this this trailer. So, f- throughout my entire life, There's two actors that I always confuse that just for the life of me, I can't tell them apart when they show up on screen. Jake Gyllenhaal and Tobey Maguire. So when Jake Gyllenhaal appears at the end as Mysterio, correct? Yeah. I think it's Tobey Maguire. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. (laughs) It's the former Spider-Man as this new character with the other Spider-Man. And then I'm thinking to myself, oh, is that Tobey Maguire? And I looked it up. I was like, God damn it. It's Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: I almost wish you had held on to that until we after the movie and then you and I could talk about it.
0: No, I've got to preempt my errors uh, way in advance now. I can't can't allow. I can't allow my reputation to take a hit like uh, this past year. I could Uh, see. I could see why you would mistake those two. Don't you think they look. I I mean, they're not like uh, one. One is
1: one is way better looking. But um I guess maybe like the overall Which one, Jillen
0: s- Hall? Yes. I would say the overall I guess, silhouette. I, I don't know what Toby Maguire looks like now. I don't even know the last time I saw him in a movie.
1: Well. Anyway.
0: Uh, that- what did you think of the, the trailer?
1: I thought it was great. It was really fun. Like with all this talk of like um I, I think it's 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 quite interesting that they chose to go with Mysterio as as the lead villain. Um I'm I'm curious to see what they do with the elementals. They're they're like sort of like a uh, a very obscure Marvel set of villains that I know nothing about. I have a feeling like much of the trailers and what we're seeing pre, pre-release is is all of a, uh, it is to set you up for a swerve to come later on. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 keeping an open mind.
0: What do you think about Nick Fury in the trailer? It's a bit of an asshole.
1: Like shooting a dart into a kid. Yeah, I would say so, but. You know, he does what he has to do.
0: I thought he was better better roll him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was fine. It's Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel L. Jackson. He, it's tough for him to
0: screw up. I guess so. That well, looks really good. Comes out in July. It's a big year for Marvel films. Yeah, three at least. Um That's what that's just yeah. And in a very short amount of time. You have Captain Marvel in March, yep. the big one in May, endgame, mm-hmm. and then July is Spider-Man. That's yeah. a that's a pretty solid year for Marvel films.
1: Yeah, I know. And you and I will probably get to reviewing them sometime in two years or something like that.
0: I might skip the... I might not go to the theater to watch any of these.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: No, no, that's not true. I'll probably... Uh, it Realistically, I'll, I'll definitely see Endgame. I might see Spider-Man. I doubt I'll watch Captain Marvel in the theater. That's totally fine, too.
1: I'll fill you in. I'll let you know. All right. Anything else? No, let's move on. No. Oh, we the double
0: shot. It. The double shot. The double shot. Yes. Uh, if you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you have your own RSS feed. Uh, and you can see there's a new show. It's right there. Yeah, it's that long, and it features bonus reviews of the Nigel McGuinness documentary from the weekend that the WWE Network aired, the Mean Gene Okerlund special that the WWE Network also put out, and the biggest one of them all, season four season premiere. Of Total Bellas, yeah. Why? Why is Nikki Bella moving to LA? That answer coming on the double shot from Waiting. Mm-hmm. I watched one clip of Total Bellas, so I can contribute to a ninety-second conversation Brian had with Bree. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, well, I want to contribute something. Smackdown from Birmingham, Alabama. We started out with Becky Lynch arriving in the parking lot. And there's Kayla Braxton, and she has been waiting to ask Becky one question. Are you ready for Asuka? Becky said, you know what? I'm not. She got in her car and drove off. That was the end of SmackDown. (laughs) She was dumbfounded by this question, and she's going to answer it in the ring. And then she turned around, tossed her keys at Kayla. I thought Kayla legitimately did not know this was coming. I I
1: I don't know if she would have or wouldn't have. And the fact that she didn't catch it made it hilarious.
0: It's hard not to catch keys.
1: Kind of, you're right. Look at Michael Cole catching phones on on like <laughs> suddenly. Right. Yeah.
0: Do you think the phone is now attached to Dean Ambrose's chain? This has become a discussion. What is attached to Dean Ambrose's chain? Can't be his wallet, is it?
1: I don't think anything is attached to it. It's just a chain hooked from belt loop to belt loop. It's it's more of a fashion statement than a functional tool
0: what a statement it is
1: yeah like i was actually talking about like his (laughs) like who do you think chooses his clothes because he's got the belt chain he's got the furry coat from zara
0: i like the coats myself
1: oh i can get you one i know exactly where you can find it um zara okay yeah but it's uh I wonder if it's like Renee going shopping with him, or if it's Dean just thinking,
0: like, you know what, this would be, this will work for me. This is the discussion I want to have of the Dean Ambrose fashion choices. Yeah. Becky walks by. We we cut first backstage to New Day, who are with their new pals, heavy machinery, and they are literally operating uh, a light machine, hmm. placing pancakes and steaks into a blender. For Otis to drink it. And eggs. Like whole eggs with shells on them. Yep. Uh, Otis has certainly found his calling on the on the main roster. Uh, Becky walks up and she takes a drink of this and calls it a bit weak. Oh, and man. that was it for heavy machinery on the show. So oh. consider these guys slotted. Uh, I can't say I'm stunned. I, I did not come in. Like these guys, especially Otis... I had no doubt that Vince McMahon would get a kick out of this guy, and he would end up in a role like this. Um, yeah, I, I like with, with of, of all
1: the debuts. Like, I I didn't think this was all that out of place for these guys. This is exactly what their characters are. They're just kind of like nasty, you know. Um, I didn't really think Becky ne- needed to be a part of this, though. It was like a bit of like interesting gross out humor, but. Um, I I don't know. I didn't think it made Becky look cool.
0: Maybe they're wondering what is the viral nature of this clip going to generate for us. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they could do a top 10 list at some point. Well, they did actually. Yeah. Start booking for YouTube. Yeah. Could you imagine the segments they would put where the goal is not to sell a ticket or to get a network subscription. It's to click on a free video.
1: And then all of a sudden, like, Seth Rollins talks about the new iPhone leak.
0: And you know, let's just start showing photos of like digital products for some reason. Oh, and then they bring in an, a new heel named uh Sebastian Ernest Ocasio. SEO. Wow. And he and his whole and he's the new creative director of SmackDown. So every segment has um a, a certain level of chaoticness to it. Uh it's all like how can we come up with clickbait items for our consumers online done then we had a preview of the show and it was the first time that a graphic showed up promoting Rey Mysterio versus Andrade period and after Tom Phillips twice called him Andrade uh, the trained WWE consumer knows that coincidences like that do not happen and uh Rest in peace, Cien Almas, uh, which are now uh, two-thirds of his name are gone. He is simply Andrade. No, clearly it was way too difficult for your average wrestling
1: fan to pronounce this entire full name, much less uh, a nickname attached to this full name. So it's what's been holding him back this entire time. I think his star will skyrocket now that he is down to one easily pronounceable name.
0: To be fair, your name is much longer and you drop part of your name. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Maybe um He had a long name with the oh, nickname I didn't in mind the middle. It. I didn't mind it at all.
1: I thought I thought it rolled off the tongue pretty well.
0: Uh every time I had to to write out his name, it's like oh my god, I gotta write out all three. I don't mind. I, I never care about these names to be honest. it's like they do it all the time they just they chop out part of his name and but then everyone gets used to it within a week
1: but they but deal. how about how about some explanation about why he dropped the name all of a sudden you know
0: they they i I hate the
1: way that they just like do it out of the blue, going as far as to erase it from history they like when they're promoting and thank you for uh to the listener who who uh alerted us about this but in them in them promoting this Rey mysterio match on this show they showed a bunch of tweets from the audience the they edited every single one of these
0: fan tweets to just they say they didn't I'm just prodding. edit them away they were bullshit account- accounts not i all looked of up them. uh i looked up the first two i checked two of them and these people did not tweet anything about wrestling are you sure yes okay well, I looked up. I only looked two of them, and both both of them were not tweeting anything about wrestling. Uh, I did not check all of these. I did not have that kind yeah. of free time. I will waste some time, but not <laughs> all my time. I looked uh, up. T- it, it was uh twitter.com slash theberge and Anna M Martinez. I looked up total both of bullshit. Those. No, no, no. Those,
1: those two had tweets. No, no. They did
0: not. Look at this. All right. Twitter. dot com slash t h e b e r g e. Okay. Are we looking at a, a semi bald man looking to the side? Are you looking the semi bald
1: man looking to the side? I'm looking at the Burge underscore.
0: Oh, I didn't have the underscore. So I must have looked at the wrong one. I just typed in the name. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. Fair enough. This is a January
1: wrestle. 8th. It starts now. Andrade Cien Almas versus Rey Mysterio.
0: A true premier feud for SD Live. So these were actual. Where was this other one? That, I looked up two of them. Anna M. Martinez. Is that right? Or did you not look up that I one? I did look up that one too. Okay, this one is not... It's not an English... Uh, it's a woman from Barcelona. Yeah. Who does not seem like a wrestling fan. Are we on the same account here? I don't know. A N A M Martinez. Alright. Let's let's uh just assume they edited all of them. Hey but somebody what,
1: out there, fact check every single one of these fan tweets. But yeah, I, I, I want I'll say I'm gonna go through every account. I looked up at least two of them and and it looked legit. They weren't necessarily tweets from today, obviously, but no. um
0: like I, I but but I did see tweets about this match. I want to thank J.A. Parka, who sent us uh, this graphic. And you're right. They they edited each tweet. They had this collage of tweets uh, where everyone was just calling him Andrade last week. Yeah. A lot of work went into this rebranding of the man. Everybody knew, preemptively. Becky came out, got a bunch of chants. She said that some try to discredit her and call her hype, but she always delivers on what she says. Asuka walked into WrestleMania unbeatable, yet she lost last year. It shook her to her core and she fell off the radar and said that Asuka couldn't beat Charlotte once while Becky's been beating her for five months in a row. Asuka interrupts her and they gave Asuka the microphone and this was a real struggle. She said that you like to talk and you're like a bee with no sting. And after the Royal Rumble... You won't be in Charlotte's shadow. You'll be in mine. And Corey Graves had to repeat this line at the end. So everyone understood what she had said. I was able to make it out. I would imagine people in the arena would have really struggled to have understood what she said. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, like being able to understand and
1: I think having the words connect with you are very different things. It's not enough just to be able to know what she's saying she right. has to you know uh the the words have to resonate with you i i still find her delivery quite cringeworthy unfortunately i think she's trying way too hard to sound like an intense pro wrestler um i i i feel like they still haven't quite figured out a way to present her in these segments and you know for it's for that reason that i don't necessarily see this championship run lasting all that long um I maintain, like, what's what's the harm in trying to find a mouthpiece for her? Like, an, like a manager, I mean. Anyone that comes to mind? Oh, I mean, Naomi was, like, actually, you know, her tag team partner. Not to say, like, she's a great speaker and maybe not even the person I would choose. But um, at the same time, I totally understand, like, wanting to have her practice and be able to get to the level. But I just think it's it's going to take a while. And I don't know if the audience's patience is going to last that long. I feel like Asuka is the type of character that, that does way better without speaking all that much anyway.
0: I think Paige would be a great manager. I just don't, Oh, yeah. That would be great. I just don't know if that's a good fit with Asuka. They seem very different. Right. Um, but I would like to see Paige in that role. And I imagine they'll come up with something for her because there's been nothing on Paige since the the abrupt... Dismissal.
1: I imagine, received. like, b- before the movie coming out,
0: they'll have something sure big for her. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. The Iconics interrupted them and asks where Asuka's dignity and class are. Peyton calls Becky a bully, treated Kayla like a valet, and called her bossy Becky, and said that that's typical behavior from a man, and this got some passionate boos from what I can imagine were some males in the audience who did not appreciate this gender stereotype that all these men are rude um sure she said that they would become the first women's tag champions as their voices shrieked and then they'll make Wrestlemania iconic and Becky challenges either of them to a match impromptu and we came back from break with Becky Lynch against Peyton Royce Uh, with Becky in her street clothes which I thought was a nice attention to detail that she didn't come out here ready to wrestle, and they treated this as being impromptu. I kind of like this look for her, you know, as her full-time
1: wrestling wear. I, I, I mean, again, like, we talk about how, how much she reminds people of Austin. I'm not saying cut off shorts or anything like that. But I think that type of, you know, um, like, dark jeans and just, like, a t-shirt really works for how serious that character is right now.
0: Dude, if she wears this at WrestleMania, she's going to look like a fucking geek. She's got to get some pads and get some gear and some boots. She'll come out. She'll come out. You want to stop looking like a fan. So get some fucking gear.
1: Well, she can wear the pants and then at some point just strip them
0: off to the audience's delight at the stadium. Uh, I lean more towards gear because I I think too many people go this route that it, it wasn't a bad look. But I think. I don't know. Um. We can, we can leave it for the people to decide. Becky and Peyton, um, not a very memorable match. Uh, we got not one but two shots of Lacey Evans watching backstage, sipping away at her drink. Sideways. Oh, well, of course. She's got that down. That's why she was down in NXT, learn how to watch yeah. television. That's one of the classes. Um, Peyton clotheslines her in the corner, has control of Becky till she eats a strike, retreats to the floor. They actually went through a commercial break here. Becky hit a thes press back exploder, and then Becky was sent and was seated on the top turnbuckle. And Peyton did this heel kick, nailing Becky seated on top. It was quite the um, uh, flexibility displayed by Peyton Royce to pull this off. Yeah, okay. It's it'd be tough to do this.
1: You try it next time I'm on a turnbuckle. Trying to think of the, of the kick, and I I don't I don't recall it being like that great looking of a kick. I was more was impressed back. that she got
0: the leg up and connected with Becky. Right. In, a, in the corner. Uh, and then Becky got the disarmer for the tap. Um, mm-hmm. Peyton Royce is very limited. I think that that's, uh, that is not earth shattering
1: news. Nah, um, I didn't think the match was very good. And I don't think it was all Peyton. You know,
0: I, I thought, uh, you know, there's, th- this need to be great. a lot shorter than two break, a uh, uh, commercial break in between. Yeah. This was longer than it needed to be. This needs to be closer to what we got right after this. Mm hmm. I mean Peyton Royce and Billy Kay were there just to enhance Becky and Oscar. Oscar just lost her mind, cut a promo in Japanese, which I thought was way more effective than the English one. I don't know what she said, but it sounded real. and she inherently challenged Billy Kay uh, to a match, brought her in, hip attack, shining wizard, arm bar, and then Oscar applied her own disarmor, which Billy Kay then rolled her up, Oscar turned it into the Oscar lock and tapped out Billy Kay all of this in 44 seconds.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. i i actually feel like i wasn't a huge fan of this opening segment i i don't know if it made either come across that great um i feel like it kind of made asuka look like i felt bad for billy k here you know just i think um being dragged in there just to get beaten up by by asuka but I, I didn't think either either woman's promo sounded that great, to be honest with you, neither Becky nor Asuka. Becky's was fine, but nothing memorable to me. And I feel really bad, actually, for the Iconics who, you know, it's usually totally fine to kind of put them in this uh, role where they're just kind of like, um, you know, beaten up as, as you know, squashed, squashed, essentially, for your, your main programs. But I feel like you're also trying to set them up at this point as one of your focused teams in this tag team division. They even made mention of it in their um um opening promo. So good luck trying to, you know, convince me that these guys are challengers at all.
0: God, I don't even know if they should be one of the three teams. I mean, you they have to be. I guess they're, I they're guess one by of process the process of elimination because you're probably not going to have Oscar, Charlotte and Becky be part of that that match. So that takes your key females out of it and what are you left with but naomi uh Sonya and mandy will probably be one team yeah naomi and somebody and they're they're
1: the it, only legitimate team in the entire everything
0: yeah it's not it's not uh, thank god there's one set of tag titles Can you imagine this tag division on smackdown having their own titles mm-hmm Well,
1: they're going to have to bring a lot more women into the division and they're going to have to like make a lot more serious tag teams. But this was your only legitimate tag team with a tag team name and they were just completely jobbed out like nothing. So like I said, normally they play that role perfectly fine and I don't mind it. But because you kind of have, you know, a longer story to tell with these two trying to chase those belts, I think it was bad timing. I think now is the time that you kind of cease treating the Iconics like they're just a, a joke that, you know, aren't 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 contenders in the ring
0: then AJ Styles came out for our transition to the next segment as the women exited and he walks up the stairs in the crowd and out to the concourse area this was my low-key funniest moment of the entire show they go to a break we come back every fan is silent and then on cue they start cheering wildly It was so weird. (laughs) Like, like, it was like they were doing a countdown to cheer. So you come back and everyone is just like at attention. Ah. And then there's a second of nothing. And then they just lose their minds cheering for AJ uncontrollably. (laughs) It's like, it was so weird. It's, it's
1: the producer counting them down.
0: AJ is in front of all these hot dogs and says the people spent their hard earned money. They can do whatever they want. And encourages them to eat hot dogs. He's gonna kick Brian's ass at the Rumble. He starts tossing them shirts, and then Brian's in a hoodie and attacks AJ. And Brian ends up putting him through a table, and Brian Oops. gets m- what wasn't a- wasn't Brian put through the table? Yeah, but sorry, AJ put Brian through the right. table, and then Brian got mustard all over his pants.
1: <laughs> he ruined his pants. Yeah. Um. What was AJ's plan here? To just come out walk through the ramp, and then go up, up to the concession stands to... Pee- this was
0: a horrible idea. He was yeah. giving away his own shirts, so he was costing himself his, his royalties. Yeah, and I guess Brian had the foresight to know that he was going to do this so that he
1: was able to sneak up in civilian gear. Well, he had that whole commercial break to plan this. Right. Yeah, um I, I would say a pretty kind of um, nothing week for this feud.
0: This is the title match at the Royal Rumble in front of 40,000 people in Mm -hmm. less than two weeks. Yeah. Didn't have much here. The Usos are having a photo shoot. This was way less fun than the Hangman Page photo shoot on Being the Elite. That guy was awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. The way he was just uh, just getting Hangman Page to flex and... He was just in awe of the guy. It was like Vince McMahon introducing Lex Luger. Or Bobby Heenan, I should say. Um, Jimmy receives a package, and he notes that tomorrow's his anniversary, so he gets Jay to read this letter from his supposed wife. There's a rose, and Jay starts reading. I want to know, wait, if if you would ever do this If your brother got a got a package and read a letter that said, I've been a naughty girl. I need you to lock me in the Uso penitentiary. And then it's revealed it's Mandy Rose. (laughs) And it's a hotel room key. And Jay says, what are you going to do? And Jimmy on national television, which we'll learn, really, these cameras are invisible, uh, says, I don't know. I don't know what I should do. <laughs> and thus began uh what I will deem my worst segment of 2019. Still to come. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: I guess it would depend on how close I was with my brother. And uh I don't know if
0: I've been a naughty girl <laughs> and I need you to lock me in the uh penitentiary. No. No. Uh, Then, I had a big problem with my feed, because my cable flipped over to Destination America in 2015, where Samoa Joe was wandering backstage and ran into EC3. Did certainly feel like that, didn't it? Very much felt like it. I was waiting for uh, Rockstar Spud in the back or something. Joe just shakes his head at EC3, and he keeps walking. Yeah, so that was his appearance. On this show, oh, yes, they plugged uh, Carmella and our truth videos that you can go watch on YouTube and WWE.com. Still images. Why not? Why not show some actual footage? They met Vince McMahon and Triple H. They did a dance off with the Digital Team. Okay, there was actually I, I did watch a little bit of it. I think they put up a bunch of videos, and the one I watched, they go into this room, and Corey Graves is sleeping inside this room at WWE headquarters. And they're like, what are you doing here? He's like, I live here. I'm on every fucking show. I just live here. <laughs> and it was, it was like the funniest Corey Graves moment in months. And it reminded me that this guy had a very witty sense of humor when he's just himself. It was very funny. It's like, don't you watch? I'm on every show. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla Braxton interviewed Zelina Vega and Andrade. And he says that the times have changed. He is the future. And Zelina says that in 2019, the future is Andrade beats Ray tonight, eliminates 29 men at the Rumble, and wins the WWE title at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brief promo. Andrade. Just Andrade. hmm Samoa Joe was supposed to take on Mustafa Ali, but Joe attacked him for, before the bell, beat him on the floor, and then rammed him into the post. Mustafa Ali is unconscious on the floor, and I thought that this was just going to be the biggest joke on me. I was getting ready for them to, like, shake his arm, get Ali to, to, like, come up, and, hey, do you want to go ahead with the match? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) As he was just dead here on the floor. Joe came back two more times, just annihilated Ali, and laid him out multiple times. Uh, He died, and Joe walked off.
1: Yeah. The third time, the crowd started chanting one more time, and I think that's how you know that they were very close to overdoing it, you know, uh, to making all the attacks more of a babyface reaction than, you know, uh, what it's supposed to come across as, as a, a sadistic heel move, but I don't, I think by the end of it, you know, um, Mustafa Ali, I did feel sympathy for, and... Overall, I think I'm good, going to be a big fan of this program. I look forward to this match very much. You have a very strong baby face and a very strong heel.
0: Maybe they'll do a spot where Ali, that's his big elimination in the Rumble, is eliminating Joe. That'd be so great. I hope, they don't just, I hope they don't just rush and do this match next week. I think they should do a spot in the Rumble, and then coming out, they can pair these two together. As it appears, not just the Samoa Joe-Jeff Hardy program, but Randy Orton and Ray, just, they seem to be done.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I didn't Joe feel we
0: got a really meaningful conclusion to either.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They put so much stock into that Jeff Hardy thing, like with the personal demons, and it just feels as though it's on the back burner now. Yeah. If where is not, where is Jeff? I don't know. I don't know. Just wasn't on the show. Randy Orton was advertised for this show. I don't know if maybe he did a dark match at the end, but uh, nothing going on with him either. Sonya is with Mandy Rose. And says that Mandy is stressing her out, and says you gave your hotel room to hotel room key to someone. That's scandalous. And she said, "Well, I can't stand Naomi, and I want to make her life miserable, and that means I'm going to break up her marriage." And so, I'm going to try and funnel all my thoughts into one cohesive conclusion after we review that segment because I have many questions. I hope you have many answers for me. Okay. Rey Mysterio's walking backstage and Nikki Cross is behind a cage just rattling the fence saying she'll play with him which sounds more sexual than it was delivered. Joe's promo in the back, he said it was a statement against Ali, he's entering the Rumble for the first time, he's going to treat the others with no respect. He'll be the ch- uh, the champion will be his target who he will put to sleep afterwards. Fine promo from Joe. Mhm. Yeah. What are does he have a chance at winning the Rumble as an outside pick or no? I don't think so either. Not at all. That takes us to Rey Mysterio and and Andy Rade. They start with the same sequence that Tom Phillips said set the social media world on fire last week. And then the, ch- the crowd, this wasn't everyone, but it was enough that it was acknowledged, started chanting, you still got it, at Ray, who just seemed to give them this look like, you guys have to really... Follow my career because I have been killing it wherever I go. He he has,
1: yeah. It's it's a common chant.
0: Ray had this long headlock, and then they they got into um, some some great stuff here. Uh, Andrade finally hits the double knees, gets a two count, and he shoved off the turnbuckle, and Ray delivers a Hurricane Rana off the edge of the apron to the floor from the turnbuckle, and follows with a seated senton to the floor. Uh, They go through the commercial. Ray hit a code red for a two-count, and then he did the leap off of Andrade's legs into the Canadian Destroyer, but it was blocked this time, playing off of last week's spot. Uh, Andrade did his moonsault off the top into the standing version, getting a two-count. Zelina's getting frustrated. Ray then spiked him with a Canadian Destroyer, getting another near fall, 619 gets caught. Crucifix bombed by Ray. They're going through all these near falls. Zelina tries to distract the referee, so Andrade knocks Ray from the turnbuckle and hits the hammerlock DDT to pin Rey Mysterio for the second consecutive week. Very strong television match.
1: Yeah, really good match. I feel it must have come across far better live than on TV without all the interruptions and the commercial breaks. Um, but nonetheless, I thought for a TV, it was very strong. I think I was most pleased by the fact that the announcers and the production treated this match with a great deal of importance they gave it you know they're they, were, they were talking about this as if it was a dream match um pretty much completely ignoring the fact that you know it did take place a few weeks ago but that time it took place without any build any fanfare and this time around they were treating it as if it was something really important and i think that goes a long way to uh promoting andrade here as a big star you know we talk about like how kind of silly the whole name change thing is, and I completely agree. But I think at the very least it shows that Vince McMahon cares about this character, cares enough to make these minor adjustments, like like take a name off of him. So he seems to be, uh, you know, judging by this win, uh, a bit of a project for them.
0: Yeah. Do Do you see this feud extending or? Is this going to be a launching pad for Andrade into something bigger? Because I think the back-to-back losses by Ray, it kind of does slot him at, at a, a certain level where you could continue yeah. with this. Uh, but I wonder if this is just a springboard for Andrade into something uh, that they perceive as more meaningful.
1: Well, we certainly we, we, we certainly have a good sense of Ray's role in the company right now, right? You know, he's not somebody who's protected, but somebody who's there to put younger talent over much in the same way you know your like Kurt Angle at some point was Chris uh the Dudleys when they came back, they were very much in the same role, so to me, this did feel kind of final, but I would love to see an extended program for these two pretty much like mostly because I don't know if there are any better opponents for andrade Andrade right now, you know they're bigger named opponents, but can he get better matches from other people?
0: yeah, yeah, if you're looking at some options like a Jeff Hardy or Yeah, I think Ray is a great opponent for him to be attached with uh, for the time being. Then we go to our hotel segment. Jimmy is outside the hotel room. He walks in, multiple camera shot, and there's Mandy just sitting with her robe on, and then she takes it off. Jimmy says, we can't do this. This needs to stop. And as Mandy is coming on to him, A photographer runs in from the opposite side, takes their photos and runs away. Yeah. This was amazing. Uh, Mandy says she never wanted him. She just despises Naomi and says, Naomi will never look like me. And when Naomi sees this, it will destroy her entire life. And Jimmy then We think he's leaving, but then it's all a plan by Jimmy and Naomi because Naomi comes in and goes after Mandy. They start fighting on the bed, and then it's Mandy, who's like in lingerie here, kicks Naomi's ass, throws her into a chair, and Jimmy's just hanging outside, and then he comes in just to check on his wife, who's like down on the floor beaten. And then, this was the kicker, okay? So we come back, and the announcers react to this. So we understand that everyone can see this. And my head exploded to the point that I didn't think I'd get it back together into one piece to do the show tonight. So Jimmy admits on camera that he's going to this hotel room. Yeah. But then it turns out it's a plan with Naomi that he would have had to have hatched after Jay reveals this, this hotel key. Yeah. Then we have Mandy and Sonia talking, and we're to believe that Jimmy and Naomi cannot see this segment where it's clearly a plan to break up the marriage. Then we go to the hotel room. We can see this because the announcers tell us they are seeing this. I hated this. I hated this with a passion. Did this, you hate did you hate uh, yes, it? I hated it.
1: I hated all of it. Did you hate it because
0: of like the cameras? Uh that was a big part of it. I I also found this to just be a really cheap attempt at at doing something with Mandy Rose. Right. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think you know the whole camera thing you really kind of you do have to just suspend your disbelief when you're talking about professional wrestling WWE Sports Entertainment how did this camera get here? How did this camera get there? I hope someday they will come up with a way to be able to tell stories like this without, you know, I think, um, having multiple camera angles and beautiful lighting and everything, um, to, to kind of make all that stuff a bit more believable, but that's, they do half drama, half reality. And, and it comes out in a weird mixture that looks like this.
0: Think about this. Uh, sorry to cut you off. and, this doesn't quite work because they did such a similar angle with Rusev, Lana, and Aiden English recently. Yeah, But imagine if they went backwards, and it's Naomi that's doing the photo shoot, and she gets this envelope with a photo in it, and there is Jimmy in a hotel room with Mandy Rose in her lingerie. And that's the that's what we start with, and this is the reveal of what it actually was, that it was Jimmy that was somehow tricked but into meeting Mandy. Well,
1: okay. So then you would have to come up with a, a trick for Jimmy to go to the hotel room.
0: Like Yes, you have to come up with a story, idea. You have to come up with some logical reason of why he was there and yeah if it was there is a I think there is a way you could do this uh to have more of a dramatic impact to it, that there's some mystery along the way.
1: Sure. I thought
0: this was just awful. Yeah. Well, the idea here was that like
1: Jimmy wouldn't have gone to the hotel room if he wasn't going there to bring his wife with him, right? To shut but this that was, thing but down. But that was not his his reaction when he got this hotel key. Well, his, hotel, his reaction was, what am I going to do about this? It wasn't necessarily... It was to let the viewer think that, oh, is he going to take her up on the offer? But in reality, he's more so thinking, how am I going to shut this down? with the help of my wife. Well, he did not say that. But you can
0: assume. I, I guess you could assume anything. You could assume anything to try and make this stuff make sense. But you couldn't um, assume that he didn't think that. He was given a hotel room key yeah. to go to, to go uh, see this this woman that's not his wife. And he was asked, what are you going to do? I don't know. So you infer... Wouldn't he one. have a more adamant answer uh, about his loyalty to his
1: wife? Not necessarily. I don't think everything has to be spelled out. And especially if he did that, then you would well, have no- no-
0: Nothing was spelled
1: out. I will give them that. Well, then you would have no intrigue into the, the rest of the segment, would you? The big reveal here was Naomi coming in to confront Mandy Rose. That was the intent of this whole thing. And how do you build up to that moment... By spelling everything out beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm. Was Naomi hanging out with the photographer outside? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? What does that have well, to they, do with it? I mean, they were they were theoretically both in the hallway to come in. So maybe she saw the photographer run out. Mm. All right. You seem to enjoy this a, a
1: hell of a lot more. I did than not. not enjoy it, but I mean, I can't say like. There was
0: no logic in it. I understand the logic behind it. Certainly, we're watching this. We're, we're we're watching this happen, and it's acknowledged. It's not as though it's okay. This is one of those segments where you're supposed to believe that. So this that's is what not I was a television getting at. show anymore. So that's what
1: I was getting at. Is your issue with this the fact that there were cameras shooting every single moment of it being presented on TV, or did you actually have a problem with the idea
0: behind their actions? Uh, I had both. Uh certainly that the cameras were definitely a big thing because I think there was absolutely no care given to any suspension of disbelief. I I find it very lazy when it's just simply oh you're overthinking things. I think that any quality storyline should not be subjected to overthinking and suddenly everything falls apart. I think that kind of care should be given to the people telling those stories. Second, I thought it was a weak story to begin with. That we came up with this uh this this random photographer and the way it was set up, like, this was all a plot for Jimmy and Naomi to outsmart Mandy Rose. And the, the punchline is that the heel beats her up anyway. I mean, their plan just sucked. Yeah, I I didn't well, see how you thought these two were clever by the end of it. She gets her ass handed to her, even though they had hatched this plot to outsmart her. Here she is in her lingerie, beating the shit out of Naomi. <laughs> It's just, I thought they she came across well, like how, what, a, but, what a fool. What both
1: these two fools by I mean, the end of it. But that's them getting heat, so that you'd want to see Naomi get revenge in the form of a match. I don't want to see Naomi get revenge. I
0: think she was totally out schooled here, and I thought that <laughs> Mandy Rose played these two. So, did you want? Would you
1: want to see a match more if Naomi beat Mandy to 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 pieces here?
0: Uh, I, I think that that could have been the culmination of this entire thing. I, I so, don't... you would want this feud to end just but with this segment backstage. I I hate when baby faces look stupid. And that was the the final statement of this was these two that thought they had this plan, it blew up in their face. And I don't think that is uh I don't
1: think something. it blew up in their face. They thwarted Mandy's plan of blackmailing Jimmy Uso or whatever or embarrassing him. You know. He got she got beaten up, but at least like she knows the truth.
0: Well, they have that. They 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 are going to have a wonderful anniversary uh, on Wednesday to, to celebrate this this uh, thwarting of Mandy Rose's plot. Uh, yeah,
1: like, I certainly did not love this segment at all. I think, like, it's at a time when I think the audience is craving for characters like Becky that challenge stereotypes. I think a storyline like this, even if it's done well, seems to be turning people off, people like yourself. So I don't disagree with that. But I, I also can't say that they didn't put thought into it. I think you're really giving them a leeway. I don't think you're giving them enough
0: leeway. I think you're being a little hard. Well, then we had the birthday bash. The bestie birthday bash. The Miz welcomes out Shane McMahon. Miz explains this is not Chuck E. Cheese. He got Shane's favorite cake, including one with a photo of the two of them, with the the best-in-the-world trophy. And he got Shane a gift he got him a brand new pair of Jordan 33s. And Shane seemed so excited to get these shoes. I'm always impressed with people that can really sell uh, opening gifts. Because it's a lot of pressure on you, even if you don't like the gift. But Shane seemed genuinely happy that he was getting these shoes. Seems like this was the key to the man's heart. I'm surprised he wouldn't already have a pair. I guess not, yeah, because he was just thrilled to get these gifts. I thought, like, midway through this... Miz is such an awesome friend. Like, what a what a great guy! This entire time,
1: like he's he's been the good guy. Like he's been the good friend. There's really nothing
0: characteristically like
1: evil about Miz at all. So he's been
0: so good that if this does end in him turning on Shane, I think people will be genuinely sad. Yeah, if this friendship ended because Miz has played this so well, and to his credit, like Shane has been like guarded because it's the Miz. But he's like, he's like, let his guard down now. He like fully has embraced this, this guy. And you'd really feel sympathy if Shane gets fucked here because everyone has kind of bought into Miz as this great friend. Yeah. This, this feud has certainly grown on me significantly. And Shane then thanks Miz, not just for the gift, but also opening himself up a few weeks ago about his dad. Shane admits since he was a kid. He had dreamt about becoming the tag champions. His first partner he was hoping would be Andre the Giant, but he's proud to be walking into the Royal Rumble this Sunday, oops, as his tag partner. And they hugged. Miz says, your dream will come true. And then Miz starts to get everyone to sing happy birthday when they're interrupted by the bar. They stated they weren't invited, but neither was Vince McMahon. And Sheamus said, Vince didn't want to come because he doesn't give a damn about Shane McMahon. And Vince did not come out here to argue otherwise. Shane responds and challenges Sheamus to face the Miz tonight. Miz says, I'm not dressed for this. And Shane says, neither was I at the event that we don't have a name for. And he motivates him and says, it's my birthday wish to see this match, this dream match. Sheamus versus the Miz.
1: What, yeah, so he books this main event with 10 minutes left in the show.
0: Well, thank God it wasn't 20 minutes in the show. I was enjoying this segment the second this match began. I don't know what it was. These two were just... Th- their forces it's, coming together were, oh my God, end this match. Well,
1: it's the Miz playing a babyface. And, you know, you maybe as, as perhaps enjoyable as his actions outside of the ring have been for, you know, some people. In the ring, he's still a terrible baby face. They tried it once with all that Ric Flair stuff. It was awful. And we're having to see it again. Even if it is to set up a swerve later on, we at least have to kind of keep up with it right now. Uh, I thought it was just a terrible,
0: a really weak main event to close this show. The positive was it was only four minutes. Phillips mentions that the bar, do you have any idea how many times the bar have won the tag titles? Like SmackDown or uh, Raw? I don't don't even know. I guess they've been on both, so I guess it's a combination. They've been a team for two years. Three? Five times these two have won the tag titles, is what Tom Phillips said. Wow. Jesus. Um, Cesaro hits the Miz on the apron, and then Cesaro is knocked off the apron, so he goes through the table with the cake on it, so he gets the cake spot, and Miz... Rolls him up with a schoolboy, pinning Sheamus in four thirteen. Afterwards, Shane fights off Sheamus. The skull crushing finale is hit, so they pull Sheamus into the corner. Shane goes for his coast to coast drop kick, while the Miz took another cake to place into Sheamus's face. Shane hits it, and Shane looked like he killed himself delivering mm-hmm. this. He like his head looked like it hit the mat, and then. It looked like he threw his back out. He looked in so much pain after this damn thing.
1: Yeah, this looks really rough. A lot more rough oh. than his typical coast to coast. I don't know. Because I, like...
0: I wonder if he adjusted so that he was going to hit the cake, or some, or it's just Shane being awkward, like he can be. And it, man, he just looked like he killed himself delivering this thing.
1: Cakes, cakes tougher to reach than a trash can, I guess.
0: Oh man. If he got injured, that would have been the icing on the cake. Oh, my. And then <laughs> yeah. they stand up, they hold the trophy together, they hug, and that ended the night. Yeah. Well, despite
1: my thoughts on the uh, hotel room segment, I did think this was a rather shittier edition of SmackDown this week. I thought Raw was the superior show, and I forget the last time that I felt that way. But, um, uh, you know, Andrade versus Rey was a great match. It was very match. good. But beyond that, you know, not much with AJ and Daniel Bryan this week. I didn't even like the Becky Lynch stuff so much this week. And, of course, you know, a main event that I thought was pretty bad. So
0: I I didn't really like this edition of SmackDown. <clears throat> and obviously they had some changes because they had been promoting throughout the last couple of days that Sonya Deville would take on Carmella. So obviously that got axed from the show. And it just seemed that this episode there was a lot of focus on your non big programs. Like I would say the big money programs for SmackDown are Brian styles and, and Becky Becky. Lynch. Yeah. And instead it was a heavy focus on this never ending Naomi feud with Mandy Rose. And I guess the tag match as well, which I guess there's a novelty. The fact that Shane McMahon is wrestling and teaming with the Miz, um, but i wasn't really hot for this match by the by the end of this i mean it was largely the comedy segment with the with the the dorks taking the cake spots um even though i've enjoyed the miz and Shane on their own uh with their segments
1: hmm mhm
0: i'm kind of curious to see uh, what what the ratings breakdowns will be for
1: for this one too
0: so let us go to the forum forum.postwrestling.com do you venture a guess on what the uh, i think it was a 6 point that we got for raw higher or lower for smackdown i already saw it oh okay well that's not fun uh a 6.72 i think smackdown just edged out raw if Mm -hmm. i'm not mistaken very close in the uh post-wrestling world let us start with brandon from oshawa i don't know how everyone else is going to feel about this show but this may have been one of my favorite episodes of smackdown ever one of my biggest pet peeves in wrestling is when someone is part of a segment that doesn't require them to wear their ring gear, but they always wear it because they so happen to end up in a match. I fucking loved that Becky and Miz both wrestled tonight in their street clothes. <laughs> to me, it just makes feel it makes things feel less planned and more spontaneous. Like anything can happen. I don't I don't disagree with Brandon's point, but I'm not putting nearly the weight that Brandon is into my enjoyment of the show over street clothes. I loved Andrade Ray. I loved the AJ Bryan brawl and the Joe Ali beatdown. I also really loved how Joe teased putting Ali through the table, but didn't because he knew he'd get a face pop. It's little things like that that add up to me. I love the stuff with Jimmy, Naomi, and Mandy. Get out of here, Brandon. I'm a big fan of angles taking place outside of the arena. I can't even believe how into this Ms. Shane team I am, but the story has been fantastic, and I really hope they win the tag titles, and I can't wait for Ms to finally lay out Shane. I can't praise this show enough. <laughs> there were some issues, like Mandy's logic at the hotel and Shane barely hitting the cake into Sheamus, but I actually have fun watching SmackDown right now, so I can forgive those things. I felt that way for a while, but tonight really took it over the top for me. <laughs> that might have been the most positive piece of feedback we've ever gotten away. Well, thank
1: you, Brandon. I appreciate a dissenting. Hey, I'm not going to
0: knock. If you enjoyed the show, good for you. That's mm-hmm. great.
1: We go to Mark from Vaughn, who says, thought this was a strong show, and it felt like it had... It felt like a lot had happened by the time the first hour was done. I love Becky's weird interactions with Dasha and Otis. Uh, hey,
0: how f- how fast until Dozovich is dropped?
1: Oh, um, or Otis is dropped.
0: No, I think they'll call him Otis. Yeah? Okay. Vince McMahon's gonna look at Dozovitch and say, God damn it, no sure. one knows what that, even how to pronounce that.
1: Yeah. He'll probably, he'll probably be dropping his tag team partner at some point too, unfortunately. Um, night night yeah it's not it was i believe it was kayla and not dasha in that segment yes it was Kayla. she continues to come across as a star when they present her differently from everyone else question what kind of story do you think they will tell with andrade and mysterio the two have great chemistry so far but i'd hate for them to just aimlessly wrestle each other every single week with the lucha house party and revival without more substance like the lucha house party party and revival yeah um You know, it remains to be seen if they'll continue the storyline, but uh, I personally would love to see them just like tell some type of, you know, I've looked up to you my whole life. Now I'm surpassing you type of storyline between those two. Just I want to see something based a bit in reality and, you know, knowing their respective backgrounds, I think there's probably a very natural story to be told there.
0: Jalen from Pickering. Overall, the show felt like there was a solid effort being put in, but all the ideas were poorly executed except for the Samojo Mustafa Ali stuff. Once again, the real AJ Styles finds himself in a bad segment. Him coming out during the Becky segment just to walk upstairs seemed like a way to force the feeling of the show being more connected. And here's merch and hot dogs just seemed so corny. The Mandy stuff was completely lacking in logic. You're telling Sonya and Jimmy your plan in front of cameras, but this paparazzi guy is somehow going to fool Naomi. And is it too much to ask for a Canadian Destroyer to actually be a finish in a no-stakes mid-card match? Chris from
1: Queensland, Australia. I enjoyed the women opening SmackDown. Becky and Peyton had a good TV match, and Asuka was dominant against Billy. Fabulous tr- Truth took their vacation, and we got five photos and no vignettes. What a disappointing payoff from mixed match challenge. Well, you're going to have to go online for the vignettes, Chris. Not really sure if these backstage glimpses of NXT talent is any better than the same highlight reel from the past month. How does EC3 being on screen for 10 seconds on Raw and SmackDown help compared to a 5-minute jobber match? Lastly, will the second brand's brand split be ending soon? It appears like all the NXT call-ups are free agents on both Raw and SmackDown. Well, yeah, they did mention that. Um, I guess they're all going to be signed individually at some point.
0: Yeah, they've explained that, and I would say beyond the women's tag titles, there's nothing indicating an end of the brand split. Mm-hmm. I think at, at most, you'll get you know some crossover champions, which I'm in favor of, personally. Yeah. Andrew from Cape Breton. So the show tonight was okay. I'm somewhat afraid tomorrow we're going to hear reports that Otis, Otis Dozovich and Becky Lynch have food poisoning. The match and- with Mysterio and Andrade was great, probably one of the best TV matches in a long time. I enjoyed the show for the most part. The biggest issue I had tonight was the Mandy Rose angle at her hotel room. It had the same problem the Enzo Lana angle had. We see cameras on television during matches, but all of a sudden they don't exist when you go outside of the arena. The worst part of it was the photographer running out as if Mandy wouldn't think Naomi would watch the, the television show. WWE is sometimes too cute for their own good. Six out of ten, mostly pulled down by that awful angle.
1: Chris from Irvin. I love the small ways WWE is trying to improve, especially the interactions between superstars from one segment to the next and pushing talents like Mustafa Ali. I will be at Chase Field for the Rumble and can confirm that the seating plan shows that the wrestlers will enter from the first base dugout. Question for you, do you guys miss wrestlers going, getting totally repackaged, like me? Back in the 90s, guys got completely brand new names and gimmicks regularly, like Tugboat to Typhoon, Papa Shango to Kama Mustafa to The Godfather, and of course... Glenn Jacobs' various gimmicks. Now all the WWE does is change attire slightly, like Dean Ambrose, or remove surnames. I can't believe they took away Cian Almas. Oh, the tragedy. I think it's um, a lot tougher these days to completely uh, change somebody when, you know, like in the case of like a Bray Wyatt, you're going to have people chanting Husky Harris for months and on, on months. It also depends on how successful they were prior to their gimmick changes. Um, you know,
0: so. Yeah, I, I, I always prefer kind of rather subtle changes into uh the character rather than a wholesale um change uh you know a lot of this it was a bygone era of crafting characters and then finding people to play these characters that were you know mid card acts um throughout for for most of them um you still see it in NXT yep, they'll yeah they'll play around more with with uh with different ideas uh, yeah. there but i mean even like you don't necessarily get like the 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 big like characters where it's a, a gigantic change. Like even even someone that's kind of more far off the mark, like a no way Jose. If you were to kind of like rein him in, I, I still feel it would be less of a change than say going from a Papa Shango to a Kama Mustafa, for instance. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the other one is for the double shot, so we will wrap it up there. Thank you everybody for your feedback. Um, We are going to be back on Thursday. Once again, the Cafe Hangout will be live at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, You can log in if you are a post-wrestling Cafe member and then tune in live at 3 Eastern. And you can call in as well. We will be taking calls and whatever is going on on Thursday, we will be discussing. And then, of course, we have uh, up next Thursday, rewind away for our Cafe members on Friday, the debut of the Rocky via Picture Show with Nate Milton being joined by Brian Mann. And then Saturday night, I'll have a UFC post show uh, with Bill as we are going to be reviewing the card from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn featuring Henry Cejudo, TJ Dillashaw in the main event for the UFC flyweight title. So that is all coming up this weekend. PostWrestling.com, PostWrestlingCafe.com, and, way I understand that everyone should be getting their life jackets because there is a pool.
1: That's right wrestling slash rumble get your picks in for the royal rumble pool for the year twenty nineteen um yeah i wonder i I like to hear an update from chris on how, how many ballots we've had so far um maybe next year we'll do something like we'll reward people for entering earlier or something but
0: this you gotta year, be strategic though some people have to wait right until the last minute I know I know what if what if uh Becky Lynch gets food poisoning that's true yeah all right, so you can go join the, the Rumble Pool, and the Double Shot is up now, so go check that out as well, once again, at postwrestlingcafe.com. That's it, and we'll speak with you later.